Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Evan and Tiki on the fan. More on the Mets in a second, including more from David Stearns talking to us as fans and telling us about wanting every player. And I will calm everybody down. There's nothing to worry about. Okay, Mets fans? Deep breath. I'll explain why. But first, it is 5 o'clock. Cinco de Fivo with five, Evan five, and Tiki on the fan. Cinco de Fivo is brought to you by Helix Wireless, connecting everything everywhere. And by Wendy's. Try the new pretzel baconator today like we all did for lunch. Humana, humana. Mm. All right, tomorrow, a very special day here on Evident Tiki. It's going to be Throwback Thursday. We are on the AM Signal 660, only for the first couple hours. If you want net basketball, of course, go to the FM dial. So with that, what could we do here for a little preview of this? Oh, wow, Chris Christie dropping out of the race. Okay. Back to you. Go ahead. Speaking of the history of FAM. Uh, <laughs> So I'm going to give you my five favorite things about WFAN I did not know until I arrived here in the fall of 2010. All right, let's go. All right. Number five. The show doesn't stop when Evan goes to break. (laughs) No matter what the iteration of an Evan Roberts show, including this one, the moment the show goes to break, unlike any other host in this building, Evan goes right to talking to anyone within a year's distance about any variation of a sports or wrestling. It's absolute torture. (laughs) That's funny. Not true of any other host here. Okay. Number four. When the Jets are good. There is no more arrogant fan of any team in this area than Joe B is of the Jets. Mm. Really attacking Joe? Wow. It's not really an attack Thanks. of Joe because I respect Joe for it's this. Actually, a, you're lauding him. I am. Right. Again, I started here fall 2010, so it goes right into the the Rex mm-hmm. Ryan era. I always assumed as a listener all those years that Joe B represented negativity with the fan. Not team. true. But when the Jets are good, yep. Joe used to walk through the doors if I was here early in the morning, mm-hmm. and he would have the little hop in his step, <laughs> the right. little dance, that and Joe it. would have these signals when the Jets had won a bunch of games in a row. He'd look at people in the newsroom of the Jet fans, and he would just hold up like a 5-0. and Ooh, a 5-0. and We're doing this. <laughs> good point. And I remember sitting there going, this guy I thought was Mr. Negative. He's the not. Time I listen, he's not. He act- when his teams are good, he's actually more arrogant than any of us yeah. when they're good. You are right with that. Now, I wouldn't use the word arrogant, but Joe is not the cocky. negative person people think. He gets cocky. He gets excited, yeah. Yeah, I would say cocky. Number three. Steve Summers is a legend, but if you screw something up working on a show, he is by far the meanest person to work for. Oh, wow. (laughs) Really? True story. And a lot. And by the way, I love Steve. What did you screw up then? All right. So years ago, Steve was notorious on Football Fridays for when he did his picks, he would call it the Fearless Forecaster. And you'd have this little drop, the Fearless Forecaster. So running the board for Steve, 2011. I think it was the playoffs. He goes to make his three picks. And Steve, when he went to throw to you to do something, he wanted you to upcut him. He wanted you to play it like a half a second early. He wanted you to anticipate. Woo! I missed the first one. 
Then I was way too early the second one. And then when it came time for the third one, I froze like a deer in headlights. Steve burst through those control room doors. He looked at me and said, I got one shot to do this every weekend. You, you blinked it up. And Steve spent a good two weeks after that not talking to me or looking me in the eye. That's great. Years later, we have a great relationship. But I come to find out many people had this experience uh, with Steve. Wow. Number two. Boomer Esiason, terrible judge of how old people are. <laughs> what? 23 years old. I'm an intern. Boomer and Carton at the time. Boomer asked me in the newsroom the first time he met me. What it felt like to be in my 40s transitioning to a new career. <laughs> no. In your 40s? Now, I had not fully shaved my head. I had some strands hanging on. Boomer, because I guess this was po- common at the time, thought I had like had a career in Wall Street, and then I bailed out. And in my 40s, I was trying to get the sports radio. I was 23 years old. Wow. Very neat. I, I, don't think, uh, I think that's an indictment on you. Yeah. Probably so. All right. Number one. All right. My five favorite things. I didn't know about WFN until I arrived here. Number one, Mike wasn't strictly a Diet Coke guy. In mm, fact, excuse me. I would say it was 50-50 on days I would sit here out in the newsroom, Mike walked past, where he went regular Coke and would undo the label. Now, did he have a share of Diet Coke? Of course. I'm not telling you it was always regular Coke. But he went through spurts, like runs, like the Warriors had him won that championship later on, where you might have been sitting here on the Yes Network or whatever channel he was on, and you saw the unwrapped bottle and thought, there's Mike with the Diet Coke. No, Mike drank a lot of regular Coke. Yeah. In his huh. And there you go. And I had a throwback Thursday tomorrow. Thank you. The five things mm-hmm. I didn't know. That's right. So tomorrow, 2 o'clock on 660 AM, we will be exclusively there. And we're going to bring out all the bells and whistles and some old legends as well. You'll mm-hmm. hear some legendary voices. You'll hear some legendary jingles. It's 660 AM, 2 o'clock tomorrow, first ever throwback Thursday. Now, as far as the Mets are concerned, Mm. there was a report last night. And by the way, I'm not going to attack the report. Andy Martino is a fine reporter. I got no issue with Andy. Andy had a report that circulated in our Mets text chat that circulated amongst Mets fans that the Mets only had $10 million left to spend. I even responded to this. Yeah, Tiki was like, what? I'm like, what the hell's going on? (laughs) I thought about this. And again, No disrespect to Andy. I'm sure he is reporting his ass off. But I know it's not true. You know how I know it's not true? How? I got a bill a few months ago. (laughs) I got a bill in the mail. I don't know if you guys got this bill. I got a bill. We didn't get this bill. I didn't. Me and about 17,000 other people got a bill. Sure, I didn't. Nope, not me. We didn't. I got a bill from the New York Mets. Ah. And the New York Mets, led by Steve Cohen and his wonderful wife, wrote a letter, and it was such a kind letter, a sweet letter, and that letter said, hey, we're in a little bit of a transition, we're going to try to compete to win, and yada, 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 fine letter. But along with that letter was a price increase, (laughs) and it was a significant price increase. There's no way, I don't care what the reports say, I don't care what David Stern says, there's no way Steve Cohen, who's such a brilliant businessman, right, Steve? There's no way that someone who's not tone deaf, right, Steve? There's no way that Steve Cohen, even in a transition year, even in a year in which, yeah, they're being smart, let's not hand out big contracts. I'm with you, bro. There's no way Steve Cohen could be that tone deaf, could he? There's no way Steve Cohen would charge 20% increases to Met season ticket holders and tell us, I'm charging you for the mistakes of last year. There's no way Steve would do that. There's no way Steve Cohen would say, I'm raising your ticket prices. I'm going to make City Field a ghost town. 
And I'm going to do that because, hey, we spent a lot last year, man. Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander. Remember those prospects we bought? Which, by the way, I appreciate, Steve. Like, I'm not ripping you for that. There's no way someone who's as smart as Steve Cohen, who's as business savvy as Steve Cohen, would have the balls to send out bills with 20% increases to their customers and then proceed to spend the offseason doing very little. Wouldn't do that. It wouldn't happen. Like, I want to make this clear. This is not about dumb long-term contracts. I'm with Steve Cohen. I'm with David Stearns. I'm all on one-year contracts. Like, hey, bring in J.D. Martinez because you need a bat. Or bring in Justin Turner because you need a bat. Or even Sean Manaya. That's fine. Or one-year deals because you're trying to compete, but also keep that hope alive that you can transition into the greater good of building this awesome farm system. I'm with the Mets on that game plan. And I'm with them on their game plan. But there's no way they're giving $14 million to Sean Manaya, but not adding a bat. Like, that's not possible. Like, what kind of... That wouldn't happen. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Not after a 20% increase, right? Mm. Would never happen. So, Met fans, I want you all to calm down. The Mets have more than $10 million to spend. Of course they do. Because, again, there's no way that Steve Cohen, Mr. Moneybags, would come to our city, spend a lot of money, and then tax his customers for the crap from a year ago. Here's no the- way he would do that. And that's why I sit here today confident in Steve Cohen and confident in David Stearns. They could sit there at press conferences and say whatever the hell they want. But I know deep down they would never, ever be tone deaf enough to put what they have on the field right now and just that and stop right there and say our DH is a platoon between DJ Stewart and Mark Vientos. They wouldn't do that. They don't have to do that. And they won't do that because they're better than that and they're smarter than that. And again, you don't increase ticket prices after you spend big money. You don't do that as a tax for the failures of a year ago. So I'm relaxed, I'm calm, because I know that my opening day tickets being $180 a ticket, that's not just a tax Mm. on Justin Verlander. That's a, hey, we're going to spend a lot of money to try to win in the short term, and we're transitioning into the long-term play. I got nothing to worry about. This owner would never want to make City Field a ghost town. Would he? I get the sense that you're making that statement rhetorically. Am I? Yes. Meaning you don't want an answer. You think that what you're saying is actual fact. And you say, I'm, af- I'm not afraid to believe this. But you are afraid to believe this. 
There is. You're saying there is no way, but there actually is a way. Well, because what you are saying is exactly what it feels like David Stearns is doing. David Stearns is not saying, I need a massive open checkbook and I'm going to blitz our way. King Cohen, as Sal likes to say, I'm going to blitz our way to, to, to relevancy, to success. That's not who he is. I mean, when you hired him, you should have known that. He's a small market general manager. Yeah, but you don't come to New York and run it like a small that, market. But you don't run it like the run on Wall Street, right? You're keeping this thing nice and tight. Yeah, you keep it nice and tight nice, on one-year deals, though, Tate. Yes. One-year deals. I'm not you're, suggesting you're, you're, any dumb contracts. You're keeping this thing lean. You're keeping this thing wide open for big numbers to be out the door at some point. This is why I, I – and I'm – look, the whole Brandon Nimmo thing that we were just talking about, that only comes to mind because I feel like David Stearns is reevaluating everything. Every single move that has been made, mm-hmm. he's reevaluating. Every single move that Met fans think they want to happen, David Stearns is reevaluating it. And so you don't reevaluate by just throwing new contracts on top and saying, well, maybe this will work. No, 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 no. But you're right? misinterpreting me because – I have never suggested. I think I've been a voice of reason around well, here. On. When I'm saying when I'm saying new contracts on top, yeah. top I'm talking specifically Pete Alonso. Forget I'm, Pete Alonso for I'm a not, second. But though. you can't forget Pete Alonso. No, but I'm talking because- about this offseason. One year deals for pieces, and they've already done it with Luis Severino and Sean Manaya and acquiring Hauser has got one right, year deal they and acquiring a DH because for they one year. Win. Yeah, they want to win. they want. They don't want to be irrelevant. Yeah, but tiki, 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 what, hold on. Because they what, haven't finished the job though. Oh no, but hold on. What, that's all I'm asking for. What Steve Cohen did. By raising ticket prices, I'm sure they were aware of it, but it's back part of their brains. It's not sitting front part of their frontal cortex saying, because we upcharged our, our season ticket holders, we have to put a winner out there. That's not what they're saying. But what they are saying is, we can't suck. We can't win 67 games next year. So we can get Seve for a year, see what if he gets right, fine. We can get Bader for a year, see if he gets right. Fine. We can do Sean Manaya for two years for $28 million, see if he gets right. Fine. But they're not going to commit to anything. And I think they're reevaluating I, tiki, everything. Tiki, Tiki, all I've suggested, and again, I believe the Mets will do it because they're going to finish the job. And their job is we're going to only bring in one-year deals. I have never come on the radio supporting Blake Snell or Matt Chapman or Cody Bellinger or any of those dumb long-term deals because I never thought it made sense. I know it doesn't make sense, so, but they're definitely not okay, happening. Okay. And I don't want them to happen. That's not my point. And I'm, my, Hold on, but I've never suggested that. Hmm. I'm suggesting one-year deals like they've already done. They brought in starting pitchers on one-year deals. You bring in a DH on a one-year deal, which they need, and David Stearns knows better. Do he you, knows better than they're really fine offensively. It? Yes. Do you really need it? Do you know what their lineup is right now? You're reevaluating your team. You can do so by adding one bat. I'm not asking for three bats, one bat. This is- if you add Justin Turner... Mark Vientos is still getting a chance to play. I, DJ Seward, Brett Beatty, all still getting a chance to play. It's one bat. The bar is not even that Turner high. At 39 years old. So you could try to win in on a one-year deal in the short okay, term. Look, this, Who's is, he blocking? This, this is the Steve Cohen tank, right? It's not tanking. Excuse me. This is not tanking in the traditional ter- in the terms. This is we're going to win a little bit, but we're not spending any money doing it, right? Well, they are and spending money. They just spent fourteen million dollars a year on Sean and I. If we don't get 
Yeah, but if $20 million a year for Brandon Nimmo, who's supposed to be center fielder playing left field, is not a lot of money, then $14 million on Sean Manai is not either. Forget Brandon Nimmo. For now, Brandon Nimmo's on this team. I'm, talking, won't be in- I'm talking about everybody. Okay, no, no, but I'm talking about adding to what this team has built. They added starters on one-year deals. I know it's not appealing to a lot of people. What do you want this team to be? What, I do, you, just, what do you want this season to look like? I want what do you it, think it'll look like? Okay, what I want them to do. I wanted them to go after Yamamoto. They did. They failed. I wanted them to go after Otani. They did. They failed. What I said after that was this may not be popular, but I would like guys on short-term deals, Mm -hmm. which they've done. Yes. Now, I'm intrigued by Jordan Montgomery. He's a rare exception. And I would fill one more bat on a one-year deal. No long-term deals. To what end? To try to win in the short term while you're developing the young players on the roster. To win what in the short term? I don't know. To make the playoffs. We need to win what? To win 87 games and sneak into the playoffs. That's what I want. That's and that's what the Mets told us. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what Steve told us in that letter. And We're going to try to compete. Is, the expectations aren't going to be as high as a year earlier. We're going to try to compete while we develop our system. I have suggested that. I've been on board with that. It's why I never wanted to trade for Juan Soto. It's why I have always been consistent on this. Yeah. And I think the Mets have done that up until now. If they stop adding, then why'd you just spend $14 million on Sean Manaya? Like, why are you adding guys like Severino and Manai on one-year deals if you're not going to finish the job, which is simply adding a bat on a one-year deal? Mm. Like, I'm not asking for anything crazy. And again, I'm cool and calm because they will. Because, again, the Mets and Steve Cohen hasn't broken his word to me. He hasn't done that yet. I trust him. Steve Cohen sent me a letter. He sent all of us a letter. We're going to try to compete while building out our farm system. I'm on board with that. I don't want any long-term deals. I'm cool. I'm good. I'm chill. But you can't stop now. Because if you stop now, you didn't fulfill what you promised. And honestly, you wasted money on one-year deals for guys that are good, I guess, maybe. But you didn't complete it. And completing it is one more bat. And if Cohen doesn't do that, Mm -hmm. then this is the first time. And Steve, don't worry. You won't be the last owner that's done it to me. Woody's done it to me. Josiah's done it to me. Jeff Wilpon did it to me. And what's good for you, Steve, here's what's great for you. I'm a sucker. So you got me no matter what. I already paid my bill. And I'll pay that bill next year. But if you don't seal the deal and finish the offseason with just another bat and just another reliever, I'll be there because I'm a sucker. You'll always have a moron like me. But you won't have much else. City Field will be empty. If the Mets are 10 games under 500 and the offseason is basically what we've just seen, and our owner kind of BS'd us, then the ballpark's going to be empty. That's the reality. Because I know what they did to their partial plan holders. I'm not one of them, but I know what they did. They made Met tickets like less appealing this year than they were last year. And you can't do that with this offseason and with this roster. There needs to be more. And all I'm looking for as more is a lot less than a lot of other Met fans. There are some Met fans that will call this radio station and they'll say Steve Cohen is Jeff Wilpon. That's lunacy. There are people who call up and say, I need mm-hmm. Blake Snell or I need... I don't need that. I need one more bat. You give me one more bat, I can talk myself into, all right, they're doing what they promised. They're transitioning into the future, building a young farm system, and trying to win on short one-term deals. But Tiki Barber, let me make this clear. They haven't finished that job yet. But don't worry. They will. Because Steve Cohen sent us a letter, and he raised our prices. And he would never, ever lie to us. I feel good. Steve Cohen will finish the story. Yeah. Well done. well done. I'm well all done. right. I'm good. I'm we got to relax. I'm you wouldn't gl- do that to us. I'm glad I participated Great. in the Rico. 
Say it yeah. one more time. I'm glad I participated in the Rico. That ain't the Rico, trust <laughs> yeah. me. The Rico's very different. <laughs> Luke, you want to break glass? Yep. This is big. What a, what a day in the sports world. Wow. Nick Saban out as Alabama head coach. Really? Retiring. Retiring. The New York tie-in, just a deep breath. Yeah. While everything's a little rocky, his former offensive coordinator, Brian Dable, could be a guy in contention. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Nobody's reporting that. That is my fear now. Oh, that's your fear? Okay. <laughs> no, no, because, you know, it's going to be, they're going to go. Saban's clearly going to have a say in who replaces him. Bill O'Brien. Okay, well, time teams. out, time out, time out. Real quick. So, first of all, Nick Saban's one of the greatest coaches yeah. of all time. I want to congratulate him on a hell of a career. One of probably the greatest college coaches. No time. question about it. And I, look, we're not going to spend an hour and a half on Nick Saban, but congratulations to him. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a dumb question? Go ahead. And I'm glad you put that out there. If you're Brian Dable, mm-hmm. what's a better job? I, I genuinely don't know the answer to this. this it is not even, a, without question, the New York Giants. Okay, job. Good. I, that's what I, that's it's what I, not think. even close. Okay. So what are you worried about then, Sean? He's worried because Josina Anderson, like two weeks ago, yeah. put out this tweet that said, hey, some changes could be happening in uh, one of the NFC East teams. Now that I think about it, it was probably the Wink Martindale stuff. Right, but in reality, that shouldn't have been a surprise because of Glazer. Right, it shouldn't have been. And so what people were speculating about was that it was Brian Dable, that he was going to leave for something else. Now, we just assumed that it was if McDermott gets fired in Buffalo or he need go back there or some, some other NFL job. But I don't know how long this has been percolating that Nick Saban was thinking about retiring. I'm not covering college football like I have been for the last three or so years calling games, including a lot of Alabama games and talking to a lot of those guys down there, meaning the reporters and stuff. I had no idea that this was coming, but it's happened. And we know one of the famous uh, assistance for Nick Saban, who won a, helped him win a national championship, was Brian Dable. Right. And he's so, a Saban guy, right. So he's a Saban guy. He he loved his time down there, even though it was short. But if you're going to take a college job, there is really only one that makes the – to leave the NFL to go to college, this would be the only one to do it with. The only one. And it gives you more security. Like the Giants, yes, he's in a good spot. But we all we talked about it. Jones gets hurt. They whiff on a quarterback. I'm sorry. Dable could get fired yeah. next year or the year after. Alabama he could go coach for the next 25 years. Okay, okay hold on. Let's. Right. I, I just want to let this all marinate. But okay? to your point, to your question, yeah, the giant job, it it crushes the Alabama. It job. crushes that job. See, I I don't know if I would have said crushing because honestly, I don't know. As an NFL yeah. fan, I'm more in tune with that, and I know Alabama's an amazing program. And Saban won how many t- six national titles? Five, six, six national yeah. titles? Five, uh, six total, I think. Maybe five, one with LSU. Yeah, no, one, has yeah one with LSU. Definitely definitely one with LSU. But my gut would have been also, that's ah, a prestigious NFL job. A prestigious NFL the NFL, job. The, the Giants. Yeah. yeah. So I'm with you on that. I don't well, know. Really any of them, but Giants in particular. Yeah. Now, with that said, let's say the AD of Alabama or Nick Saban himself calls up Brian Dable and says, Dabes, you're the guy. You're the guy. I would love if you coach this team. Okay, I want you to come here. Like, nationally, or Alabama fans, would they be in love with Brian Dable? Oh, yeah. That would be their number one they like, love request? The, well, well, because he's an NFL coach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was the NFL coach of the year a year ago. And while last year, meaning this past season, was bad for the Giants, in the short term, because we all kind of still remember last season, you can explain it away. 
He had a terrible offensive line. He had injuries everywhere, including to his starting quarterback, who he just paid $160 million to. There's the excuse for why this season failed. Now, if he goes and has another bad season in the NFL, the, the luster's off. Like, the yeah, shine is off a little bit. do you think he would have that replacing a legend like Nick Saban? Like, if you have a couple of bad years or bad recruiting years at Alabama, I mean. Yeah. No, no, the I'm talking about if he had another bad year in the NFL. I agree, but I'm saying, like, he mentioned the job security of going to Alabama. If he goes to Alabama and they're not racking up national titles, don't you think he would also lose the luster real quick there? I mean, yes. Yes, but as long as Saban is there and kind of the godfather of things at Alabama, I think he might be safe. And again, I'm not predicting that this will happen. You're worried. You're just worried about it. This is the first time I'm worried about Brian Dable not coaching the New York Giants. Wow. What a turn that would be. And then, and then Wink comes back and says, I'll interview for that head coach job. (laughs) And if you want to read more breakups, you know what? Also, so Carol earlier this, I mean, how many hours until Bill Belichick's not coaching the Pats at this point? Yeah, yeah. that's the big one. Him and Saban are best friends. Maybe they were talking and O'Brien's going to end up in Alabama. Joe Judge. Oh, stop. Joe I'm Judge. not kidding. They they like him at Alabama. They like it, Saban likes it, him. It is amazing, though, that assuming Bill's time with New England ends, and I think we all assume it's kind of inevitable, mm-hmm. we will see the end of Nick Saban at Alabama, Bill Belichick with the Patriots, Pete Carroll. and Pete Carroll with the Seahawks, all within couple of days of each other? Wow. All right, so right now, Tiki. And by the way, you didn't even mention Jim Harbaugh after winning a national championship in Michigan. Yeah. That's different, but maybe not. (laughs) No, I just expressed in my uh, well-thought-out, very calm rant about the Mets that I'm not worried. They're going to spend, obviously. They would never BS me. They would never raise our ticket prices. We're all good. Don't worry, Mets fans. Are you worried? You're a little worried about uh, Brian Dable leaving you? I'm not. No worries. That That doesn't feel like the threat. I think Brian Dable likes being the head coach of the New York Giants. Okay. So, hey, Sean, Tiki's not worried. Does that make you feel better? Man, he's picked bad clips on the NFL games this year. (laughs) (laughs) What now? My head is going to spin. We have breaking Knicks news. Are you kidding me? What? The The end trade? No, but could be as good as a trade. Okay. The NBA is denying the Knicks a $7.8 million disabled player exception for the loss of Mitchell Robinson because... There is now optimism that Robinson can return from ankle surgery to play late in the regular season. The Knicks could be getting back one of the league's best defensive centers. This from Woj. Let's go, Knicks. I'll tell you this right now, and I know that That's actually not negative. That's good news. That's good news. This is uh, something people don't like to hear, and I hate hearing this, but I'm going to be the first to say it. That would be like making a trade at the deadline to get (laughs) Mitch back. Yeah. (laughs) And listen, man. You get Mitch back, you know what that does? It makes one less need at the trade deadline. Because to me, me they have two needs. They need a guard off the bench who can Mm -hmm. score, and they need a backup big. Because Isaiah Hartenstein, they call him iHeart Nick fans. He's played incredibly well. He's been a beast lately, but you need another big. Precious to chew up. Yeah. When when, when iHeart goes to the bench, it got ugly. But when Mitch comes back, even if it's a limited Mitch, it's not bad. And you set at the five, you don't have anything to worry about. All right, so this is good news with the Knicks. All right, everybody, take a deep breath. There's a lot going on. Big deep breath. Zach and Massapequa. Zach, Zach, before you start your phone call, deep breath, okay? <sighs> I, I'm trying, Ev. I really am. But when, when you say the word regularly, mm-hmm. that means <laughs> that a person will be playing Every a day. position regularly. Every day. basically means for the most part, for the majority of games, more than he's not. 
Har- that also means Harrison Bader will be swinging a baseball bat. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 Zach. Regularly. Zach, and I, I get the sense that you would agree with me that we do not view Harrison Bader as everyday baseball players, correct? We're on the same page? Absolutely not. Okay. I, I, I think he's a good fourth, uh, fourth outfielder on a good team. I agree with you. But don't you think that not committing to Nimmo as the left fielder makes you say, well, maybe he's not saying Harrison Bader is the everyday center fielder? Because if he is, then Nimmo's the everyday left fielder. I think, but I, here's what I, I also kind of disagree with you. I basically heard him say Nimmo's the left fielder. Just because by not saying, by saying that he's, that Bader's playing center field, you are insinuating that Sim, uh, Nimmo's playing left. Yeah. They, there, I, I can't I can't take it apart the way you are because if if Bader's playing center regularly, that means someone has to play left regularly, <laughs> yeah. which would be Nimmo. But then why wouldn't he just say Nimmo is also playing left? Right? <laughs> why is he saying we're going to figure it out in spring training? You know that, how that's what that's what throws me off. You know how expectations change, like yeah. things evolve, and all of a sudden you start to view things differently. The New York Mets, despite my faith. My faith in this owner that Steve, again, would never raise ticket prices the way he did and never f- not fulfill his promise to us. Mm-hmm. Despite my faith in that, I think coming into this offseason, I said the Mets need to add two bats. And I don't count Harrison Bader as a bat because he's not a bat. He's a defensive center field. I mean, he's a fourth outfielder. I'm at the point right now, if you told me Bader is playing most of the time in center field with a little bit of DJ Stewart playing left, Nimmo back to center, mm-hmm. but they added a real DH. I think I'd accept it. I think they've beaten me to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm good with that. Like, I'm fine with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that wasn't my view three months ago, but sometimes you start to walk through that desert and you get thirsty. (laughs) And you're so thirsty, you start to accept less water than maybe you believed or needed at the time. So while I'll say this again, Harrison Bader is not an everyday center fielder. And maybe the way the Mets view this is Bader's the center fielder for now. And then, hey, and by the way, you say this, this will make Mets fans feel better. Just say this. Say what? He's the everyday center fielder, but we're so confident Drew Gilbert's going to come up by the middle of May and take that job away. That would make Met fans feel differently so, because he's one of the top prospects you got back for Verlander. He's a center fielder. And so Nimmo playing left field long term is likely the case, not because of Harrison Bader, but because of the development of a prospect like Drew Gilbert. No, I so that, that's Rico like. Honestly, yeah, but that <laughs> honestly feels like the plan to me. It is all of these young players, Alvarez, obviously Vientos, Beatty, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, need to grow. Mm-hmm. Like they really need to grow. And if you do these long-term deals that you don't want and you're correct not to want, thank you. Those young players don't have futures. That's why you sign guys to one-year deals. So you sign these guys to one-year deals, but you also now are hoping, like, fingers crossed, come on, Beatty, come on, Vientos, please yeah. figure it out. That's why you need a reliable bat. Now, to get without getting too much into the weeds, though there'll be a Rico tonight, if they don't add another bat, like they do not add another bat, Bader plays every day in center. Nimmo yeah. plays every day in left. And their DH is a platoon between DJ Stewart and Mark Vientos. Mm-hmm. That's not good enough. No. And if you replace that with J.D. Martinez or Jorge Soler or Justin Turner, whatever bat you want to come up with, you're still giving young kids a chance. But you're also giving yourself a chance to win. That's what I want them to do. That's what they've sort of done so far. And, again, there'll be plenty of Met fans who disagree and say that's not enough, and they'll compare Cohen to the Wilpons and all that. That's where I've always been. 
And that's where I am now. And that's why I'm not worried. Because, again, Steve didn't send that letter, <laughs> and he wasn't disingenuous, right? Zach in Springfield, New Jersey. What's up, Zach? Evan and Tiki, thanks for having me on, guys. All good. What's up, man? Uh, real quick, I kind of loaded question, though. But um, first, let me preface this with the Mets better not be done. I really think they need a DH and a legit DH, Agreed. not another platoon. Agreed. But how would you, Evan, this is for you, how yeah. would you prioritize those three big guys, the JD, the Turner, the Solaire, and any relief pitchers on your mind that you would like to see in a Mets uniform, and then um, your opinion on Marte. I know it's a okay. question. All right, this is, um, I just want to prepare Sean and Tiki for when I answer this question. Mm-hmm. Can I start with the relievers because it's going to be funny? <laughs> Go ahead. Wandy Peralta, <laughs> former yeah. Yankee. Of course. And bringing back David Roberts. What? Oh, what? my God. <laughs> what? Why Why were we surprised by that? Hello, Mindy. Yeah, those are, those are two of the relievers. I think they need one more reliable reliever. And as far as the bats are concerned, Justin Turner, because of his ability to play third base, mm-hmm. if things fail with Beatty. But also DH, if things are going well with Brett Beatty. Uh, probably Soler, too, though. I think Soler is going to take a multi-year deal. And then J.D. Martinez. But I think all three would be fine options. They need How about Lou Trevino? What about Lutri? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. I was like, what? Who are you talking about? A former Yankee. I know what's Chuck about, Noble, but I thought he made the current. <laughs> yeah, they need to add a bat. Yeah, I'll be very calm about it. The Mets need to add a bat. If the Mets don't add another bat, I'll say this to David Stearns and Steve Cohen. You're not serious about trying to win this season. But Stearns mm-hmm. just told us that they're not adding another bat. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. Oh, he, he said it's not necessary. He said it's not necessary. He said it doesn't necessarily... You don't necessarily need to have, have but they, that. But they do. He's, he's wrong. I'll say, right. I'll say very calmly. Exactly. And I'm not worried that he's going to say and not add a guy because, again, the Mets sent a letter to us. <laughs> they raised our ticket prices. Like, I don't think you guys understand. Steve Cohn's a brilliant businessman, right, Tiggy? He's also hemorrhaging money. Okay. He would never force a bill on us and have us pay for the mistakes of a year ago. Isn't that capitalism? That, but that's not what Steve's <laughs> going to do to us as customers, because if he does that, the building will be empty. Mm. Like, again, you got nothing to worry about with me. I'm a schmuck. You got me. I'm good. Like, I'm there. <laughs> but for everyone else, the building will be empty. So, very calmly, very assertively, the Mets need to add a bat. Just one bat. If they add that bat. How is one bat going to make the building full? I didn't say the building full. Okay. Did I say the building will be full? I mean, it's, either, I didn't it's say full that. or empty to me. So full or empty. They have a better chance to win baseball games. If they win baseball games, people will show up and watch them play baseball. And if you build that it, they li- will come. And that lineup right now, which I just described Even to you. Even if it's not exciting. If you win, you're exciting. Okay. If you win, you're exciting. That lineup right now is not good enough. They are a bad short. David... If you agree to come on our show, which would be nice one of these days, I will say that very politely to you. I'll say, David, come on. I know you're a great baseball guy. You're a lot smarter than me. You can't tell me on the radio with all these Met fans listening that the lineup is good enough. Like, come on. Come on. What are you th- Stop it. Like, what are we all stupid? Like, what are we all a bunch of morons? Like, come on. Like, I get relying on young guys and giving young guys a chance. I'm all with that. Brett Beatty should get a chance to play third base. He should. I wish Ronnie Mauricio was healthy. He'd get a hell of a chance, too. But the DH spot right now would be a platoon between DJ Stewart and Mark Vientos. Stop it. Didn't Steve Cohen Stop. also send a letter out to all the season ticket holders after the Scherzer story mm-hmm. came out with Ken Rosenthal and you know said, hey, we're not punting on the season, we're not resetting? That's mm-hmm. what I just referred to. I understand last, that, but haven't their minutes. actions basically... No. 
No, yeah. signing guys well, to one-year deals are exactly what no, 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 but, they should do. But, but the one-year they're in right now would be exactly what Scherzer was saying. So it's interesting. It. No, because I, I think, disagree. Oh, here's what I think. I think Scherzer came to the Mets, as did Verlander, to win a championship. So they came here because they were the, the X-Factors. Right, these two aging but still good stars who were going to push the New York Mets over the top. So, yes, they were going to compete, but they were competing at the highest level. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's what Scherzer and Verlander were there to do. And so when it got to the point last season, we all remember it, when it's like, all right, dude, this thing is not working out. We're, we're, we're shot. I'm kicking you out of here. And they had that meeting. It was, yes, we're not going to compete, but I think it was we're not going to compete at the high level. The way that Scherzer and Verlander presented it was like they're going to suck. They're going to win 55 games next year. But that's not what they meant, I don't think. I don't think that's what they, uh, Steve Cohen meant. He meant, yeah, we might not be competing to win a World Series, but we're not competing to win 80 games either. Well, I think what's... Like, we're trying to we're trying to be a good team. Yeah, what's... Just not that team. What would be inconsistent about this, and also bad business, is... The Mets have followed, you know, they went after Yamamoto, they didn't get him, whatever. And I remember warning you guys at the head of this offseason, if they don't get the big free agents, they're going to settle on short-term deals, which they've done. And you don't have to love them, but that's what they've done. They added Sean Manaya on a one-year deal. They added Luis Severino on a one-year deal. All of those moves are moves to compete in the short term without locking yourself into the long term, correct? Like, I think we could all agree with that. That's yeah. a consistent right. idea. Manaya has the option. To not, correct. To not finish the job with the lineup with a similar contract like that would not make any sense. Like, wait a second. So you just threw out $28 million at Luis Severino and Sean Manaya on short-term deals to try to win in the short term, which is what you're trying to do, but you're not going to do the same thing with one bat in the lineup that you need? That doesn't make sense. Like, they even did it with Bader. Mm -hmm. Bader's a one-year deal. Like, all these guys are short-term deals in which Steve is spending money Toronto win in the short term and keeping things flexible for next year. I'm good with that. To stop now wouldn't make any sense, and they won't. That's why everybody's got to relax. He's got to take a deep breath. <laughs> Coming up, more of your phone calls. It's been a very busy day today. Tomorrow, if you tune in right at 2 o'clock, we'll be on 6.60 a.m. A little uh, throwback Thursday. You'll hear some legendary voices and some legendary jingles, so make sure you're tuned in. I gave this uh, a really deep thought, Tiki. I like yes. to go into the postseason of sports when my team is out of it and root for somebody. <laughs> and sometimes it's just gambling purposes, which I'm not that big on gambling. I gamble a little bit, but not a lot. And sometimes it's just what you want to see happen. And so in the AFC, after the Kansas City Chiefs turned heel a few weeks ago, the Ravens are just the likable team. Lamar Jackson, John Harbaugh. Of course. I'm endorsing the Ravens to come out of the, the AFC. Ravens. The Ravens. But in I the NFC. I agree with you, by the way. Thank you. In the NFC, it was difficult. Yes. Lions. I looked at the Packers, and I said, you know what? I can't have that happen to my quarterback. Imagine that. Jordan loving the Packers going to run. Can't have it happen. Yeah, they're losing to the Cowboys, Lions. The Rams, ah, Sean McVay. Eh, they've already won. Who cares? Can't been, see them do it again. And they're done that. Defense not good. Lions. Yeah. Then you got the Eagles, Philadelphia, can't do it. Flawed. Lions. Then you got the Buccaneers. The Bucks already won. Todd Bowles is the head coach. No, thank you. Flawed. Lions. Then you got the Niners. Ah, you know what? The Niners. Do I really need Brock Purdy in the Super Bowl? Do I need Kyle Shanahan in the Super Bowl? I've seen it. I don't need it. <laughs> Lions. That's such a weird sentence. Do I need Brock Purdy in the Super Bowl? <laughs> and then it came down to the Detroit Lions. 
And the reality is it would make me miserable if they won because I'd be jealous. <laughs> so I'm sorry, but there's only one answer. And it comes with a question. How about him? How about you, Cowboys? Yeah, no, no, no. How about them Cowboys? Because guess what? Put my music up. What up, what up, what up? How about the boys? How about the boys? This is so boys. Here's the bottom line about my boys. This is the Giants radio network. Kill this music. Hasn't it been long enough? Like, I, it's been a long time since the Cowboy Dynasty. I was in high school, man. Hold on, give me a second. I got to puke real quick. Yeah. <laughs> also, not long enough. <laughs> like, why isn't it time for the Dallas Cowboys to give us that run to a Yes! Here we go! Like, why not? Dak's a likable dude. I like Dak Prescott. Mike McCarthy disrespected by you, by Aaron Rodgers, by, like, the time is upon us. We as a city need to rally around them. Enough. Enough of the losing. Enough of the choking. I think it's time. Wouldn't it be fun? Yes! Here we go. No. That's your quarterback. We already lost hand to the city of Philadelphia when the Eagles won the dopey championship with Nick Foles and his dopey, stupid Philly special play. The last thing we need is these arrogant Marios and Ozzy and all the other losers who haven't seen a championship since they were in hoodie-footy pajamas finally flexing. Also, <laughs> do you care about Tiki Barber next to you? Yes. Do you care? Tiki Barber not that long ago said 10 out of 10 times he would take the future of Daniel Jones over the future of Dak Prescott. <laughs> he can't spike it with a Dak Prescott championship in his face. I'll be rooting for the for the Ravens. <laughs> oh, I'll be rooting for everybody but Dallas. I understand where that bitterness comes from. All right, from. I'm rooting for the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you really want to hurt me, say the Dolphins. <laughs> I get it. I don't they're, believe in the Dolphins. They're a division rival. Like, I understand not liking them. I'm just telling you, I'm... I've warmed up to them because as a kid, I hated the Cowboys because, again, growing up, Lawrence High School, Cowboy fans, Giants they outnumbered us. But enough time has gone by. Like, the Cowboys are harmless, man. You know what? That'd be a fun Super Bowl run. Yeah, but it's all they talk about. It's almost like they've won it, even though they haven't won it because they talk about it so much. He just said the word. And it makes so much sense. He called them harmless. Yeah. And Evan roots for a bunch of harmless teams. <laughs> Evan, by nature as a sports fan, is a loser. Oh, he dude. roots for the Jets. So what he's doing Mets. is insulting the Cowboys nope. and the Cowboy fan because he's stooping them to the level of the Jets and the Mets. I mean, you can take it as insulting. <laughs> I take it as Evan always targets a good loser. And the Nets. <laughs> so within the, yeah, the last two and a half minutes, I feel better that Evan is, is right. hitching his wagon to the Cowboys because Evan's teams have a destiny train, and that's to nowhere. <laughs> so this is just assuring your Cowboys are going nowhere route? Yes. All right. Well, I'm supporting them. Can you play my theme music again? I love that song. It really pumps me up as a cowboy yeah, fan. Yeah, let's go. Let's hear it. Let's hear that. Boys! That's right. How about the boys? Do you dance like that at weddings? <laughs> Worse than Elaine Bennis. I think it's time, man. It's been a long time. Mm. Like, sometimes when you lose enough and you have enough Evan, heartbreak. I promise you when this, if or when this happens, you will not love it. Oh, you think I'm going to regret it? Yes. You are <laughs> going to regret it. Can you imagine this, sitting down for the Super Bowl and for four hours we have to hear this? Yes! Here we go! <laughs> we will get every, we will not have time or space for any other call than Cowboy fans. I just want to call this station ad nauseum. All I want to say to the Cowboy fan out there is... Keith McPherson's a Cowboy fan, so I put him number one. But right next to Keith, riding shotgun, 
is me. How about you, Cowboys? Yeah! We're riding together because God knows Keith and I can't ride the Nets this season. So we're going to sit side by side watching them boys. So I have a question. I don't know if anyone knows the answer. But I'm going to try to ask it because I haven't had a chance to ask this question very often. This is very new to me. So here's the question. Yes. How about them Dallas Cowboys? What about them? How about them? How about them? They about suck. Them? You don't them. even say it right. <laughs> I need to learn how to say it correctly. Yeah. And by the way, give Keith McPherson a little credit as a Cowboy fan. Why? Because we <laughs> saw him in the newsroom. I'm being serious. We saw him in the newsroom. The Cowboys clinched the division. And Keith McPherson, for once, didn't sound like a loser Cowboy fan. Yo, well, actually, what Keith said, and I, and I want you to tell the yeah. rest of the story. I want Keith to know this. Even though I ended up picking the Cowboys, what he said that day almost caused me to not pick the Cowboys. Because wow. it bothered me as a Jet fan. Go ahead. Now go ahead and okay. finish the story. Keith, I congratulated him as a fellow NFC East fan mm-hmm. on the division. He said, division. I don't want that hat and t-shirt. <laughs> Essentially, I have bigger dreams. Oh, which, you sound like Dak. Which, but by the way. Dak didn't wear the hat or I, the t-shirt. I respect that because how many times is a Cowboy going to knock on the door of the playoffs or be in the playoffs and fall short? Mm-hmm. It's about time to start setting those expectations. But he basically said division titles, worthless to and Cowboy you know, fans. And how did I respond? Evan almost fell off the desk and said, excuse me? <laughs> Evan wants to go 500. Yeah. Well, the Jets it. haven't played a whole playoff game basically since Evan was in diapers. <laughs> I've seen the Jets win two divisions in my lifetime. One who's 20 years ago. And Keith's like, ah, division titles, they don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I do respect. Like, if you've won it enough and the Cowboys have won divisions, like, yeah, it means a little bit different. Yeah. It won more than my team yeah. over the last 10 years. No, I was trying to think of the division title. You realize that the NFC East hasn't had a back-to-back winner yeah, in like a nuts. long, long time? Which is nuts to think about. Yeah, look, and, and jokes aside. It hasn't been the Giants for a while either. But jokes aside, I know that Joe and I disagreed about this because Beningo was on the air talking about how no daddy wants the Lions to win. Genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, I'd be jealous of the Lions. Hmm. Like, I think it would really bother me. I think when but they why? Bo- because I think the Lions have done it the right way. Like they they hired Rick uh, Rick Spielman right to help with the with the search, and they did they were they turned over the ownership to the daughter who's done a great job of like listening, mm-hmm. not knowing but listening and getting the right advice, not just from you know Spielman. It wasn't like some search firm who knows nothing about football, but. Football people, smart football people. Then they consulted with the former players. Like they did all of this stuff to get it back to community, right? Right. And the in the in the the stakeholders and the lions, they did it the right way. And the success, it's it's it was intentional. And you and you give them credit. And so I think it's actually something to learn from. You know what I mean? And I, I, yeah, know, but I that, know the Jets aren't in that situation to, <laughs> to do me, it like that. To me, that has nothing to do with it. Why? Like, I get what you're saying, and it's all great, and I have nothing, no issue with the way the Lions were built. It's more, I'm going to see a fan base get to feel something that yeah, I so want to feel. Dude. They earned, earned it. it. I know they earned it. I'm going to be jealous. Yeah, I can it wasn't it. like they sucked, and then next year they're in the postseason and Tiki. one of the best teams. You're right like, about they it. built to this spot. You're right about everything you're saying. I just know how I felt when the Chiefs finally broke through. I know how I felt when the Cavaliers finally yeah, broke the through, when the Cubs all, finally won The through. Chiefs were always kind of good. No, they, they were the Jets' uh, distant cousins for a very long time. Yeah, but you're going back. Prior to you're, Mahomes. You're going back, to, like, 15 years. I'm going back right. to prior to Mahomes, that's all. Like, they, they, they were basically the Jets. They really were. And so, 
when I saw them finally I break the teams through. were good when, during my era. How many AFC championship it's games It's not about the championships. They had some good players. Priest Holmes was, on, was, was there. They, I know, but I, so the Jets had some good players, too. I mean, come on. I'm just talking about success. Yeah. I'm talking about winning. Like, the Lions had maybe the greatest player I've ever seen in Barry Sanders. That doesn't... You know, that doesn't matter to what I'm saying. And by the way, I know I'm in the minority because Joe even said it as a Jet fan. I want the Lions to win. I know that when I see the Lions play on Sunday night and they win that game, I'm going to be jealous. I'm going to say, God damn it, hmm. we can't do that. So that's why I look at all the options in the NFC and I see the Cowboys and I'm like, you know what? How about them boys? Sad Jerry Jones with his nose looking like it's going to fall off is the best sight every January. And you know what also adds to it? The arrogance that guys like you, Sean, have about Mike McCarthy. Like, I'm so sick of it. You guys talk about him so meanly. Yeah. I mean, now it's kind of in jest because you got to give McCarthy his due this oh, year. Do, oh, do you? I think you do. I think uh, the offense was way better so when they nice got rid of Kellen Moore. So nice that being you. said, I want to see this bumbling buffoon actually stringing together a couple playoff wins. With but then again... He did figure out a way to finally win with Aaron Rodgers. Nobody else. Yeah, I think it. you're deflating the the K- Kansas City's history. But, by the way, oh, you just not- let him fly on that Aaron Rodgers poke. Right. Forget that. Because it, it, I mean, they prior were to Patrick Mahomes, how many AFC title games did they go to? It's not about the title games. Well, that's but, how I'm But they were it. constantly in the playoffs. They had the three, four games, four season stretch. This is at the end of Herm Edwards and then Todd Haley. Where they were so the Jets. two or five games. So yeah, the Jets. But, they, but it was like two or four, two to four years. The Jets made the playoffs. Then in they 2000. lost the wild card. Then they had two bad One, seasons two, under four. Romeo Cornell yeah, and the Todd Jets. Haley. And then Andy Reid got there. I'm and tell- then they won double digit games every year except for 2014 in th- two Super Bowls. Until and been the four of them. And they had some good Marty years too. Right. Until- so I mean the Chiefs. I don't. The Chiefs. The Chiefs aren't the Jets. They were until they broke. No. I'm sorry. No. We're, we're talking about a decade plus. Of non-playoffs. The Jets won Super Bowl three. The Chiefs won after. And since then, they basically had the same histories until Patrick Mahomes. You want to give me Andy Reid? Help to, of course, Andy Reid, too. But for a while, it was kind of the same thing in terms of success. That's all I'm saying. Dude, Marty Schottenheimer went to the playoffs in eight years. So the eight G- years. Yeah, but you're ignoring the fact that the Jets made the playoffs a lot, too. The Jets actually used to be a successful franchise. They just never could get through it. They went to back-to-back title games. Like... That's all I'm saying. Mm. You want you want to fight about this? No, I'm just I'm just it just because when I look, it was my era. What you're talking about, the yeah. pre Mahomes era, was when I when I was in the league, and, and the Kansas City so, Chiefs were always and so were the Jets. They were the decent. Jets made the playoffs a bunch of times during that run, dude. In 2004, they're this close to the AFC Championship. Game. Yeah, but I feel like the futility of the Jets is more. So I, I, just, I just need to know, Evan, what is considered a success? Because, like, Tiki just laid out all those playoff games of the Chiefs. And you say, that, that, that's not the Chiefs. Like, that's not a success. Because the Jets were doing that, too. Like, okay. You're just missing my point that the Jets and the Chiefs' history, if you examine it closer. But you I, want Aaron Rodgers and the Jets to at least tackle some of that Chief history that you don't think is that great. Oh, my God. You want them in the playoffs. See, you're just picking fights with me. Do, do me a favor. Speak a truth. I'm not. Play a game. I'm no, not picking fights. Not you, Tiki. Sean's picking the fight. You're being honest. If you compare... Okay, I'm, I'm being serious here. 1969 and above. That's too late. That's too early. Uh, it's, that's going back way too. Much. After the Jets and the Chiefs won their Super Bowls, the Jets in Super Bowl three, the Chiefs in Super Bowl four, uh-huh. and you compare their histories up until Mahomes, you will come away and say, "Holy crap, Evan, you were right in terms of playoff seasons, in terms of home playoff games, in terms of championship game appearances." That's all I'm saying. All right. Anyhow, real quick, let's get to there's a lot of people who are waiting. We apologize. Today's been a crazy day. Let's go to Mike in Westwood, New Jersey. What's up, Mike? 
Hey, uh, first time, long time. Uh, I originally wanted to call about Stroman on the Yankees, but uh, during the news break, the Stearns news came in. So sure. I'm a Mets fan. So sure. quickly on the Stroman thing. Uh, so I'm a Mets fan. We know what, you know, supposedly he did or did not do to the clubhouse. And, you know, Yankees fans are probably one of the biggest examples of fans where they love you and they show you, but they don't like you. They definitely show you too. So I wanted to know your, what your feeling was on if he does go to the Yankees, how do you think the fans would kind of treat him? And, you know, how do you think he would respond to the fans? But more importantly, on the Nimmo, move, uh, the Nimmo uh, news, I wanted to know uh, what your opinion are. If he does go to left field, let's say more than 50% of the time, like, would you be okay with that? And then responding to Tiki on the trade news, uh, personally, I just don't see it. You know, people think of Pete Alonso as like the Met, you know, he's like the face of the Mets. But I would say a lot of Mets fans think of Nimmo as the face of the Mets kind of equally. Like when you think of the Mets, you think of Nimmo, you think well, of Mike, you know, how he I'll, plays the game. I'll just break well, the news. Nimmo, to can, Nimmo can be here. I'll just break the news to Tiki. I'm getting a lot of people who think you're trolling us by saying that the Mets are trading Nimmo. So would you like to address that? Are you a troll, Tiki? I told you to forget I said it. Until it happens. <laughs> That's a troll move telling us to forget, though. <laughs> By the way, the Kansas City Chiefs since 1982, I used that year because it was a strike year, and that's yeah. the year the Jets last ma- or Jets made it that year. So yeah. AFC the Champions. Uh, since AFC then, Champions. the Jets have made the postseason 10 times. The Chiefs have made it 20. Uh-oh, it's another Tiki Barber <laughs> rabbit hole. 20 times. Did you cut it off with the Mahomes era like I asked you to? No. Well, that's my point. You can't include the Mahomes era. Yes, you can because you don't want the Mahomes era because you scared the draft the quarterback. Oh, my God. My point was until they broke through with Mahomes. That's my point. They were equal. Obviously, the Chiefs have passed them. And he had to answer his question. It's 15. Okay. So it's, so it's close. That's my point. <laughs> it's really coaches to me. It's not like the Mahomes. I think the issue is this. Brandon Immo being a left fielder is fine. Okay? He is. He if, took if, a step back defensively a year ago. If he gets figured out to be the left fielder in spring training. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think the issue is Harrison Bader is not an everyday center fielder. If you ask him to play center field every day, ask the Yankees. The Yankees tried to do it, too. He's not. He's not because he can't stay healthy, but he's also not so because he's, he's a fourth outfielder. Like Fourth outfielders are valuable. Sometimes guys get exposed when they play too much. Like Guys can be good fits on your team if they're in the right role. Like, Alex Verdugo is a good player when he's put in the right situation. Yankee fans are going to find this out quickly. He can't hit lefties. So if you play Verdugo every single day, including against left-handed pitching, Mm -hmm. he'll get exposed. If you use Verdugo the right way, he's a valuable piece. Bader, to a different extent, is like that. So I don't want Harrison Bader playing every day because I don't think he's a very good baseball player every single day. As a part-time player, he's fine. And what the Mets are going to have to hope for, Teak, and this is going to be very, very important to success and for our own mental well-being. Their young prospects, specifically Jet Williams, Luis Angel Acuna, mm. specifically Drew Gilbert. Those guys have to come up. Like, if they play well and how they're many... up here in May and June, it will change the way we view this team. Yeah, that's my question was going to be how many of them are actually going to make it up. It depends how they play. Depends how they play. I mean, Jet Williams certainly appears to be on the fast track. Jet has said he wants to be on this team by the end of the season. I need him on the team before the end of the season because guess who Jet's favorite player is? My Jet. Is that Jet? Imagine having a guy. Imagine growing up and watching a football player named Tiki as a kid. And your name was Tiki? Yeah. That's right. How cool would that be? And this is not even Jet like the Jets, so it's not team related. It's actually his name. (laughs) That's right. And he's on your team. At least the one your father made you follow and like. It's all my dad's fault. My dad was very excited to see the Yankees opening daytime, by the way. 410 Yankees Astros, which means, you know. What does it mean? 
means two to three thirty. We're on the air. Oh, I see. <laughs> we when when you say we, who do you mean? Tiki Barber, Sean Morash, and Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going opening day with you. I guess not. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out of market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices, anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.